God, amen. Now we know he has some help along the way, but we're gonna give him. <laughs> we're gonna give we know he has some help along the way. Amen. Amen. He put on his resume. I got experience. Amen. And raising children. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I told you all laughter is contagious. Amen. You gotta do more of that. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. Amen. There's a whole lot we can cry about. So they put, put some sugar in what you're going through. Amen. And you see, oh, taste and see. Amen. To God be the glory. Amen. Again, we greet all of you all in the marvelous name of Jesus Christ. So good to see Peanut back there. Amen. Praise God, brother. Amen. 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 There's a word from the Lord. I don't want to beg your patience. Amen. I do have a long, short sermon. So I need your prayers and your amens. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I see you over there, sister. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Uh, it's read by Reverend Joe, uh, Philippians chapter number four. If you put your hands on that for a moment. Very familiar passage of script that we've read before. But God has a way, as we learn in Bible study, he can, he can, pass, he can send you back there and you see something totally different. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. If you just put your hand on verse six for a moment, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Philippians chapter number four. Amen. We'll go to God in prayer before we break bread. God, our Father, again, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for all that thou hast blessed us with. We know that you to be a mighty good God. Above thee, there's none other than below thee. We know that you're there with us. And so, Father, we come right now with thanksgiving in our hearts. Thank you for all that you have blessed us with. We ask right now, Father, that although we know that you're going to bless us, we just ask that you forgive us of all of our trespassing ways that we come now to repent of thee before thee, O Lord, because we know against thee and thee only have we sinned. So we ask, O Lord, for forgiveness. And even in the midst of asking for forgiveness, Father, you know what we stand in need of, so we ask that you please do not withhold anything good from us, but bless us through your holy preached word that we will receive all the gifts that you have planned for us, that we can go out and tell somebody what must they be to be saved and come back and see how good you've been to us and you'll be good to them. We ask in Jesus' name and for his name's sake we pray, O oh Lord. Amen. 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 Philippians chapter number four. I'm going to read two versions, the King James Version and the New Living Bible Translation, where I'll pull my subject. The King James says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. The Living Bible Translation puts it this way, and I'm going to pull my subject from that. The Living Bible Translation says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs, and don't forget to thank him for his answers. And he said it again, amen. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. Amen, amen. If you don't mind looking at the person next to you, doesn't he or she look good in Jesus? Amen, amen. Just tell your neighbor for the subject, neighbor. Don't worry about anything. But pray and thank God for everything. Amen, amen. Don't worry about anything but, but pray and thank God 
for everything. Amen. I need your prayers and amen. Without a doubt, all of us in here have moments of fear and anxiety because of what we're going through will sometimes get the best of us. And before you know it, you find yourself worrying yourself beyond the limits of happiness, but instead you end up in a state of depression. I mean, for so many of us, life has a way of becoming a tangled up mess. For some of us, all it takes is an alarming health issue. All it takes is a loss of a job or a, some job-related stress. And before you know it, your, your faith, your hope, your trust, and belief in God are, go are gone like the wind. Even so, there are times in which the one whom you trust the most can cause you the greatest level of stress, the greatest level of mental anguish, heartaches, and pain. Make no mistake about this. The enemy will, will even make you as a parent, make you as a husband, make you as a wife or as a child of God to, to question yourself and, and, and question your walk and commitment with the Lord Jesus Christ. And before you know it, you will find yourself tangled up, messed up, and stressed out to the point of no return. All because you allow yourself to worry instead of praying to, to God for deliverance. But I stopped by here to let somebody know who just may be going through. Instead, and, and, and no matter what the devil is putting you through, God wants us, his sons and daughters, to pray about everything that is going on in us and around us. And then what's left after everything? Nothing. Goodwill, God wants us to completely abandon the, the thought of anxiety and, and stop worrying about things that we have no control of. But instead, start praying to him and humbling, uh, crying out to him about everything and all things we're going through. David, David in Psalms, write this down, 116 verses 1 through 4 and then verse 6. David in Psalms demonstrate to us how he did things when he needed God's help and God's deliverance from his trouble. He said, he said in Psalms 116, he said, I love the Lord because he had heard my voice and my supplication. In verse 2 he says, because he had inclined his ear unto me, therefore I will call upon him. As long as I live. He goes on in verse 3, Dion. He says, the sorrows of death compassed me. And the pains of hell got hold upon me. He said, I found the trouble and sorrow. Then there verse 4, he says, then I called upon the name, come on somebody, of the Lord. I beseech thee, deliver my soul. And then in verse 6, he says, the Lord preserved the simple. He said, I was brought low, and he helped me. Come on, somebody. See, that's what you got to do when, when you're down and you're worrying about things and troubles all around you. David said, I love him because I was down. He said, and he helped me up. I wish I had somebody in here who may have David's spirits. And so goodwill without getting into your personal business. But may I just ask you these two simple questions as they relate to our text. May I please? First question is, are you praying to God about what you're going through? Yes, 
Or are you worrying about what has a strong hold on you and your mind? You see, either you're going to pray and not worry, or you're going to worry and not pray. <laughs> so this brings us to the first point that Paul wants to consider us from the point about, about worrying. Is that Paul wants, the first point is Paul just says, don't worry about anything. Come on, somebody. If you're going to do this thing here, don't worry about anything, but pray about anything and, and, and ask God and thank God for everything. The first thing you got to do is don't worry. <laughs> Come on, somebody. About anything. In other words, worry about nothing. Without a doubt, worrying can be very harmful and, and deadly for some of us. Verse 6 says, be careful for nothing. That's the King James. The Living Bible says, don't worry about anything. Let me go, move on. Make no mistake about this. Uh, worrying causes stress. There's no doubt in my mind that we live in stressful times. Stress has become the, a normal factor in folks' lives. And we seem to be running nonstop until we drop dead from stress. Here in Philippians 4 and 4, Paul returns to his theme about a joyful life. In verse 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Okay, but the question is, is it possible, Dion, to, to continually be joyful? Can, can you always be joyful? You see, the fact is most people really don't enjoy life. They just endure it. Their lives are filled with stress and they are very, and there's very little room for joy. Here in our text, Paul gives us four simple, profound statements on how to manage worry or stress in our life. He says, in the verse 4, he says, be anxious for nothing. Without a doubt, Paul is saying that worrying should not be a part of our lives. Because worry kills joy and is a major source of stress in our lives. The Smithsonian Magazine calls the times we're living in as the anxiety, the age of anxiety. Dr. Walter Cavett of Atlanta, Georgia did a study on worries, Brother Scott. He discovered that 40% of our worries never happen. 30% of our worries concern the past. Come on, somebody. Have you ever... Sit down, sat down, or sit down, sat down and thought about, and you still worrying about that thing? <laughs> then it says 12% of our worries are, are worries, needless worries about our health. Then it says 10% of our worries are insignificant or petty concerns. But then he says, and 8% of our worries are really legitimate concerns. But alone, though, though there may be 8%, may be legitimate, come on somebody, 1% or 100% need to be taken to the Lord in prayer. I submit to you, worry is worthless. It cannot change the past or control the future. All it does is mess up the right now. Oh, I wish I had some help in it. All worry does is mess up the right now. See some folk in here going through some stuff right now. Come on, somebody, and the devil got you, 
and you worried and you worried and you worried and you worried and you haven't given God praises yet. You haven't thanked God for anything. All this doing is messing up your right now. But the word of God tells us everything that has breath, praise ye the Lord. God is good to all of us and has been good to all of us and will be good to all of us. At least we ought to praise him now and stop worrying about what you're going through. You see, it, 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 you see, worry takes, it uses up an incredible amount of energy and places a tremendous amount of stress on individuals. When we worry, when we worry about things, they seem to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Some of us are very creative about worrying. But the Bible says in Philippians 4 and 6, don't worry about anything. This is probably the hardest command to obey. Come on, somebody. You, you know the Ten Commandments, right? Thou should not. Thou should not. But I believe that the hardest one is, come on, somebody. The hardest one is, come on, somebody, don't worry. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. The, the hardest one is, don't worry. You see, it was such an important subject that Jesus even taught about worrying. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, chapter 6, verse 26 and 34, Jesus said, this right here, I'm going to read those quickly because I'm going to move on. He said, Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow, sow nor reap, uh, uh, gather into barns. Yet, he says, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they are? Then in verse 27, he says, which of you? Come on, somebody. I'm going to look at you. Take my eyes off. See, he said, which of you, put my eyes back on because I can't see this, which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit of statue? That's right. He says, so, so, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the fields, how they grow. Neither do they toil nor spin. Then in verse 26, he says, and yet I say that even Solomon, in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, he will not much more clothe you. Oh, he little faith. He goes on down to verse 34. Says, Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? After all these things, the Gentiles see your heavenly Father knows. That's the part you got to get happy in. Verse 20. He said, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. He goes on. He said, he, he knows what you need. And then he provides us the answer as to how we get what we need after we stop worrying. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things. Uh, all his righteousness and all these things should be added unto you. Then he goes to say, therefore do not worry about anything for tomorrow or will of his own things sufficient for the day is his own trouble. That's what Jesus said. And that's what Jesus is telling us. We are to rely on God and approach one day at a time because worry is to have no place in our lives. I'm almost finished here. Got just three more pages. And the second point Paul wants us to consider is after we don't worry about everything, he says, pray about everything. Come on, somebody. Pray about everything. 
when, whenever God tells you to eliminate something, he always has something greater for us. He always replaces a negative with a positive. He is the father who always gives good gifts to his children. Verse 6, the text says, In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. Paul is saying, don't worry, but pray. Well, shall I mean say that again? He said, don't worry, but pray. In other words, don't panic, but praise and pray unto God. Goodwill, when you stop worrying, you, you free up a lot of time. But the question is, what can you do with all that free time? Praise and pray. Come on, somebody. When, when you stop worrying, you, you free up a lot of stuff. But what do you do when you got nothing else to worry about? You praise and pray. You see, when you get rid of something, you create a vacuum, a void. And so the best way to fill that void is with prayer. Let me, let me, let me, let me say this. Like I'm sure you, you've heard, like me, I'm sure you've heard people say, I don't have time to pray. My question would be to them, don't you have time to worry? If you have time, come on somebody. To, if you do, then you have time to pray. You know, if we fill our worry time with prayer, we would have a lot less to worry about. Some people ask, well, what should I pray about? If you would please look at verse 6 again and circle the word everything. Y'all don't mind if I ask you to write in your Bible because mine is torn up, messed up, I'm missing the pages because I have written it and I've read it and, you know, come on somebody. But if you don't mind for a moment, in verse 6, circle the word everything. Here's where I'm going. You see, you see, some people think that God is only interested in religious stuff. But the truth is, God is interested in everything in your life. He cares about your thinking. He cares about your feeling. Why? Because he cares about you. <laughs> your, your, he, your concerns, he cares about. God is concerned about you. The New Living Translation in Philippians 4, 6 says, Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. When you, when, you are, when you are thanking God for what he has done, you are praising God. You are really praising God. When I pray, God, when I, for example, when I pray this prayer, God, you are mighty and munificent. You have pulled me up out of the pit and set my feet on solid ground. You have forgiven me in my sins. Thank you, Lord, for being my salvation. Continue, Lord, to rescue me in this prayer. What I'm really doing is praising God. You see, goodwill prayers don't have to be long or elaborate. Someone said, so, someone said that, that the greatest prayer that was prayed, when, when a man prayed, took both hands and bowed his head, the greatest prayer was prayed, he said, God, help me. <laughs> 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 says, Humble yourself under the, the mighty hands of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. You see, goodwill, it's best to take our problems to the Lord and pray instead of worry about them. Because prayer is a tremendous way to release 
pressure. I need to say it again. Prayer is a tremendous way to release pressure. A life insurance company did a study. They learned that people who attend church once a week live an average of 5.7 years longer than the general public. Why? Perhaps people who attend church every week are more likely to pray than to worry because worry destroys your health. My brothers and my sister, there is a fact. We're about to be ready to go home. There is no problem too big for God's power or too small for God's concern. And third, and so the third and closing point is be thankful. I said be thankful. Look, look at these verse six again. Paul says, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Go ahead. Like I said, circle the word thanksgiving. God wants us to be thankful. He wants us to have an attitude of gratitude. Now, in God's word, translation it says in everything let God know what you need in prayer and request while giving thanks come on somebody while giving thanks and so in my closing I need to drop this in your spirit if you're depressed here in this here is a suggestion of something that may help you if somebody's in here who's going through something maybe going through a rough time in your life. I got a suggestion for you that may help you if you don't know how you're going to make ends meet, if you're worried about your wayward child, a troubled relationship, a messed up marriage, if you're having issues on your job, a car problem, health problems, bills due but no money to pay them, here is a suggestion that may help you. So please do this for me. Circle the word thanksgiving. Then either physically or spiritually make a list of 50 things that you're thankful for. Because when you start going down the list, it will help you stop focusing on your problems. But help you focus on how God has blessed you. We have so much to be thankful for. But it often we take those things for granted. And so if you don't mind, when, when I go down the list, help me, good will walk with me. If, when I go down this list, <laughs> I, I want you to write them down either physically or spiritually in your mind. And then thank God for being good to you. And so if you don't mind, look at your hands. Can you shake them and bend them? Then write that down and thank God for that. <laughs> Take those two hands, touch both elbows, shake the arms and the elbows. Now write that down and thank God for that. Come on for a second. If you don't mind, brothers, 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 do me a favor, brother. Lift up your leg. Can you bend your legs? Write that down and thank God for that. Brothers, brothers, I need your help again. If you don't mind, look at your feet. Can you wiggle them? Come on, somebody. Can you wiggle them? Write that down. Thank God 
for that. Brothers, one more time, brothers. I want look at your legs. Pull your pants leg up. Do you have socks on? Thank God for that, that you have socks to cover your feet. Sisters, if you don't mind for a minute, touch your legs. Don't you have stockings on? Write that down. Thank God for that. Sisters, if you don't mind for a moment, sister, if you don't mind for a moment, my mama used to carry her pocketbook or a purse. And in her purse, beyond in her pocketbook, she had a vanity mirror. Come on, sister, you, you all know what that mirror is. Come on, sister. When you want to look good and you want to see how you looked, you pop that mirror out. You'll put lipstick on. You'll shake your head, your hair right. Sisters, take that mirror out. Look at yourself. Don't you see yourself? Tell yourself I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Write that down and thank God for this. Do I have anybody here who can think about how you got to church? If God blessed you with the car to drive, write that down and thank God for this. If you got a ride to church, somebody blessed you to get to the house of praise and the house of prayer, write that down and thank God for this. If your wife is in the church, your husband's in the church, your child is in the church, write that down and thank God for this. If your child is all right, if God, if God has brought him from a mighty long ways, write that down and thank God for that. If you got paid on Friday and you can go in your pocket and you got some money, you ought to write that down and thank God for that. If God helped you pay your bill, your light bill, your water bill, when it wavered you, write that down and thank God for that. I wish I had somebody here who doesn't mind praising God, who doesn't mind giving God some glory. And you're going to stop worrying, but you're going to pray and praise Him because God wants you to cast all your cares upon Him. Write that down and thank God for that. If you're hungry, take a deep breath. I'm not sure if the kitchen has cooked anything, but if you can think about them greens, them smoke, the, the, what you got in your, your, your refrigerator at home, what you got in your cabinet, you ought to be able to write that down and thank God for that. God has been good to all of us. He brought all of us from a mighty long ways. I read he brought all of us from a mighty long ways. Make the devil mad. Give him some praises. Give him some glory. One more thing, brothers and sisters. If you got somebody next to you, smile at him. Because that person loves you. That person likes you. Thank God for that. Now, give me one more thing. Look behind you. If you got somebody behind you, I want you to know that when you're down and out and you don't know what to do, I want you to know that that person is pretty that person got your back because that person is praying for you. Write that down and thank God for that. Now, if you don't mind, one more time, look at the person in front of you. I want you to know that the person in front of you loves you. That person cares about you. And that person is praying for you even though you don't know what you're going through. Write that down and thank God for that. Folks on your right side and your left side, if you look over here, somebody over here is thinking about you and somebody's over here thinking about you, I want you to know that God is going to use that somebody on your left side and your right side to be a blessing to you some way around the world. Write that down. Thank God for that. Now the last thing I want you to do is use right here. I want you to praise God because God got some good things that I have not seen. 
ear hath not heard, neither has entered into the hearts of man the goodness that God has for you. Write that down and tell the devil he's a liar and give God some praises. Thank God for that. You got a lie. Don't worry about anything. Come on, somebody. But pray and thank God for everything. If you were sick in the past and he healed you, yet you're not feeling good right now, if he did it then, write it down in his faith and thank God for that because he's going to do it again. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Give him some praises. Yes, he will. Give him some glory. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything, Goodwill. But pray and thank God for everything. Pray and thank him for everything. 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 I can move my hands. Come on, somebody. I can open my mouth. I can praise him. I can eat. I can run. I can, I can jump. I can go home and, and decide what bed to sleep in, what room to go to, what room to take a bath in. Thank God for that. You have a whole lot of stuff to thank God for. God's been good to you. Don't let the devil steal your joy. Don't let him tell you that you're not worthy. God has fearfully and, and wonderfully made you. And that's a whole lot, brother Scott, to thank God for him because he has delivered all of us. David said, when sin got a hold of me, <laughs> come on, when trouble got a hold of me, <laughs> brother Doug, he said, I prayed to God and he lifted me up and helped me. If he did it for David, I want you to know that you are the seeds of Abraham and David. God would do the same thing for you. So give us some glory. Give us.